Welcome to another episode of um, Electable, um, sponsored by Indiana Women's Action Movement. Um, today, we are just honored uh, to have U.S. Representative Frank Mervan join us at, to talk about the protection of the rights to organize, the PRO Act. And, um, and I know there are some kind of logistical details that I hope you'll help us with too, because I know that uh, it passed last year as a bill, but now there's a new version uh, that I think we're hoping to get passed still. But, um, but generally, um, the topic of unions is very important to the first congressional district as it is to all Hoosiers. Um, and I'd like to just remind people that Hoosier, uh, unions uh, were what created the middle class in this country. Um, that was how parents uh, were able to uh, raise children, buy a home, buy a car, go on vacation, send their children to college. Um, and like all parents, you know, you want to be able to provide a little more for your kids than you had. And so this was really important. And this is what created the middle class. And uh, as we all know, um, our economy depends on consumer spending. And, um, and that is really one of the biggest drivers. And of course, unions really supported that model as well. And so then uh, over the years, we had laws you know, um, adopted, Indiana being one of the first, I think, of the 27 states now to pass the right to work law, which um, specifically just said that um, if you work somewhere that had a union, uh, you didn't have to pay dues, uh, but you still got the benefit of the union. So that was kind of interesting. And it really did away with a lot of union rights. So anyway, sorry, I want you to get into this conversation, Representative Burvan, I'm so sorry. So welcome and um, tell us, um, you know, tell us your background and why you believe in unions, because I know you do. Well, Deborah, thank you very much. And thank you for uh, addressing this so very, very important issue for Northwest Indiana. Um, at the backbone of Northwest Indiana, as I always mention, is our steel industry and the United Steel Workers. It's also our building trades. It's also uh, our construction trades. It's the iron workers. It's electricians. Uh, it's many unions. It's the teachers unions. Um, it's the postal workers. It's uh, across the board. Unionization is something that is very important uh, to working men and women across the first congressional district. So my background is first and foremost, my grandfather was a steel worker. He was in local 1010. Uh, he worked there for 55 years, came over from Czechoslovakia. My father, who uh, was born and raised in East Chicago and uh, became a uh, Indiana state senator, had uh, a very high ranking and, and, and has a very high voting record uh, for the unions and the AFL-CIO and has consistently been a champion for working men and women. My predecessor, Congressman Visklowski has set the bar at a very high level of being a champion and advocate for working men and women and union labor throughout Northwest Indiana. There wasn't a union hall that you would walk into that you didn't hear people yelling Pete when he would walk in. And uh, that was a sign of respect for him uh, because he was one of them. And so we work every single day as a staff and as a member of Congress to make sure that we're protecting men and women who are in uh, labor unions. In my past electoral experience, um, I was a township trustee that um, when there would be work stoppages or there would be strikes, uh, we were on the, at the picket lines, we were in the union halls, making sure that we would have a safety net for those individuals um, who would uh, run out of resources while that was going on or who were out of a job because of the global market or dumping from foreign countries. And so, 
uh, near and dear to my heart is making sure that we protect unions every single day. So this PRO Act is something that we passed in the 117th Congress. Uh, it did pass last year. And so now it is on the Senate side waiting for ratification or for it to be brought up as far as legislation. And I'm sure towards the end of the conversation, you may ask, well, what can we do to see to make sure that this passes? And it's to contact the United States senators via email uh, or phone call, letting them know that you support this. And so the PRO Act um, is really something that um, is, is vital because it gives unions the right to collectively bargain. It gives them for a fair election. It also allows workers to stand together to form a union. Uh, and to have the ability to use their collective voices for fair wages. Also, what we always have to consider is safe work environments. Uh, trade unions and all unions put an emphasis on safety and making sure not only are things built on time, on schedule, but safely, and that everyone who goes to a job returns home from that job. And so union labor um, also, something that I believe uh, is near and dear to my heart, so I'm a freshman member of Congress. I get sworn in on January 3rd. I take an oath. Um, January 6th, we have events uh, happen, the insurrection or the riots at the Capitol. I only bring that up because consistently what I have been saying, and I mean this wholeheartedly, is that um, what I am here to do is to close that gap, to chip away at that divide. So what was very, very clear was that there's a divide in our nation and very often workers think that they're being left behind or feel that they're being left behind. And if we could focus on the middle class, if we can focus on workers when we talk about renewable energies and new economies, when we talk about American jobs plan or an infrastructure bill, if we're bringing American workers along and we have a Buy American provision and we focus on the uh, domestic steel and manufacturing of what is going on and making sure that when we rebuild our roads, bridges, waterways, dams, um, water pipelines, infrastructure, our electricity grid that we bring workers along. If we do that, I believe that will chip away at the divide. So the PRO Act has a lot to do with giving unions the right to collectively bargain, to have fair elections, to put themselves in a position to regain ground uh, that may have been taken away from unions bargaining rights over the last decade or so. You had mentioned Indiana being one of the first states to pass the right to work. So some might say, well, you know, who might that impact? Uh, if you can go back in history, uh, and I was there on the Indiana State Capitol stairs, there were over 15,000 men and women who showed up uh, to protest the Right to Work Act. 15,000. The entire state capitol uh, was full of people on the outside and on the lawn and inside. And so uh, we must remember that the middle class and the working men and women and having the ability to have a fair wage is, is what it, what's at stake. Um, and so I'd be happy to have this discussion and dive into it, but that's a little bit of my perspective of where we come from. And as a member of Congress, how I view uh, our labor unions in Northwest Indiana. That's great. And, um, and I do wanna say that I think there are many ways, in addition to the right to work laws that were passed um, in, in the various states, um, there were lots of ways that um, at least our state administration was able to really chip away at unions. Um, you know, they made it more difficult to collect union dues. And they, they, you know, I think they just passed a law or considered a law that, um, uh, that didn't, uh, that required like for teacher unions required the school corporation 
to get them to get teachers to opt in every so often, uh, which just was another hurdle to collect dues um, and other ways. And you know, many, many businesses that used to be union uh, shops are not union shops anymore. Um, and it has, of course, driven down wages, driven down benefits. And so that is why this is so important now. Um, and I'd like to add a little bit too um, to the, you know, the number of unions that you mentioned. Um, I always uh, think that at this time that the service employees union is really important. Uh, these are the really um, low paid um, uh, workers that really need a union more than a lot of industries. And, you know, so it's caregivers for the elderly, childcare workers, you know, uh, mostly women, uh, you know, in service industry jobs. And, um, and wouldn't it be something, I know that we're talking about uh, calling childcare um, infrastructure, but this would be another avenue for women in the workforce to you know, get childcare so that they could get, get to work. And so, um, so I think that's a really important thing to remember too, that why this is so important, that this is a way for particularly women to overcome a lot of the hurdles uh, that they have to fully participating and getting paid the same wages um, in, in whatever industry. So, um, so I know that the PRO Act, um, it empowers the National Labor Relations Board a little more to enforce uh, bad behavior by employers. Um, uh, it, um, and it does, get, it does do away with the right to work laws, uh, which is excellent. Um, so that uh, anyone who's working at a union shop and is benefiting from union services uh, is required to pay into the union. I mean, that makes it uh, fair to, in my mind. Uh, another aspect of it is that, um, and we've seen a lot lately, this is another way that we've chipped away at unions is to call people um, contractors uh, instead of employees. And so I think this PRO Act does something to address that. It makes it harder for employers to call what we would consider employees uh, uh, um, independent contractors, which keeps them from getting any benefits um, as an employee. So um, tell, us, uh, tell us what else is in this PRO Act and why this is gonna help us. Well, you had mentioned the uh, National Labor uh, Relations Board and what that focuses on. Under the current law, it's unable to enforce its own orders. Uh, when an entity does not comply with the board's orders, uh, the National uh, Labor Relations Board must seek enforcement through the U.S. Courts of Appeals. Uh, the bill would authorize the National Labor Relations Board to enforce its own orders requiring employers that fail to comply with the, the Labor Board uh, to pay a civil uh, monetary penalty up to $10,000 for each violation. And so what that does is it circumvents what where people were going around the nation, uh, the, uh, the National Labor Relations Board um, in order to provide, um, to go, instead of going to the courts, it has a direct violation. And so you had also mentioned um, the focus on the right to work and how that impacts um, the right to work. And ultimately, um, I kind of want to go in a couple different areas, but I want to, you know, how the uh, how we focused in Congress, uh, you know, we always have to keep in perspective uh, COVID-19 and what we are under over the last year and a half. Um, and there was a great deal of uncertainty in the workplace. A lot of the PRO Act had a lot to do with making sure OSHA was protecting workers uh, because there were many essential workers were union labor uh, that were out there on the roads and the bridges and the mills, in the supermarkets, in the classrooms, 
And so the PRO Act actually made sure that there was safe working conditions and that we were addressing COVID-19. And as a matter of priorities, um, we passed an apprenticeship program um, early on in the, in the legislative cycle in January and February, making sure that we put programming and resources towards apprenticeship programs so that we have a workforce that is developed and ready to go uh, throughout the United States and throughout North, Northwest Indiana, first congressional district, putting our resources in there, making sure that it's accessible to women, making sure that it's accessible to minorities, making sure that it's accessible to those who want a job can prepare to be in the trades. I bring that up because the next thing we did is we passed the PRO Act, making sure that we're protecting the middle class. And as we protect the middle class and we get them to work and they have the right to um, collectively bargain, they have the right to, to earn a fair wage, they have a right to safe working conditions, they have the right to a pension that is promised to them uh, that they had put in for. So those things are extremely important because it was a matter of priority to make sure that we were doing that and immediately it was only a day apart, we passed the uh, rescue plan, making sure that we were getting people uh, a national strategic plan for people to get shots, uh, to be vaccinated, making sure that dollars were spent on infrastructure and sent to the communities, the school systems, so that we could get kids back in school safely uh, and, and making sure that we held up the economy. Uh, and so, um, those are the things that were extremely important to us as a Congress and uh, going forward now, um, now that we have the PRO Act and, and, and passing the House, we have to really, you know, we have to, we have to make this law. Um, we have to make sure that we have deliverables. So passing the United States Senate is extremely important uh, and, and having um, the Biden and Harris administration sign this into law uh, is vital. And there has been no better friend uh, to labor than the Biden and Harris administration. Um, and uh, what I want to see, make sure, as you mentioned, uh, we passed it in the 116th Congress. Now we've passed it in the 117th and the PRO Act is vital. And so we have to put, um, have your voices be heard uh, if you're pro-union and if you're a union member to the United States Senate. And so I kind of wanted to touch base on those things and uh, be happy to answer any other questions you may have. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, my first question is, um, this is so timely. Uh, we're seeing all these kinds of uh, kind of cultural phenomenon happening now where, you know, people have been off and everybody's looking for people to work, uh, you, know, you know, looking for workers everywhere. Uh, they can't find people. And people, I think, are in a moment where they're saying, you know, I'm not going back to that old system where I was underpaid. I couldn't even afford childcare. You know, I couldn't afford to, you know, make a living. And, you know, I don't want to go back to working for jobs so that I can support my kids. And so I think this is just such a, an important moment. And, um, and I hope that we can, uh, you know, bring this education to people who are in a position now to make some demands. And you know, it get this bill passed, and people will be able to, you know, bring their rights up uh, in uh, employment and and make their jobs better and uh, and make it better to work. So I don't know. What do you think about the timing of all this? Well, I think that um, for quite some time we've been talking about an equitable system, right? where the, the wealthiest of the wealthy aren't continuously making the most amount of money and the wage gap continues to increase. Uh, 
So when I talk about the divide in our nation, that's part of it. Uh, and so what this does is this levels the playing field. This allows us to say that the working men and women without labor, you wouldn't have productivity, you wouldn't have goods, you wouldn't have the ability to have a return on your investment. So I think that you are absolutely correct. Um, this is the time that the middle class needs to uh, make gains. This is the time that the middle class needs to close the wage gap um, and, and do all that we can to be able to provide an equitable system for all of us and for the working men and women of the first congressional district. That is what I'm focused on. And that is a, a very acute in, uh, observation. Um, so I have in my mind a clock that is ticking backwards. I know I have 24 months to have deliverables. I know that we have to be able to make sure that uh, we pass the PRO Act, we pass the American Jobs Plan, we pass uh, the infrastructure bill that will invest in our community. We bring back resources, programming resources to Northwest Indiana that puts people back to work. And then we allow private businesses to do what they do best, create jobs. If we have uh, the waterways uh, in Northwest Indiana, um, the Little Cal, the Calumet Rivers, the, the, the rivers that lead into the steel mills, uh, the harbors, if we deepen those, if we clean those out and we allow bigger products or, or more iron ore to come in, that allows our steel mills to invest more and to be able to make more. And so we, that infrastructure, so now if the steel mills are making more, we want them to share that with the workers, right? And if we invest in our infrastructure, people have to understand then what we are doing is we're investing in ourselves to be able to make more of a living. And that's the system that I believe in. And that's what I'm advocating for every single day. Well, and that's great. And I think, you know, uh, I, I hope people will understand that what the PRO Act allows is for, you know, workers, because people have forgotten, they've forgotten what unions did uh, for workers. Uh, and, you know, it's not just, you know, higher wages, it's better benefits, nobody can afford insurance anymore, you know, so it's, you know, it's better benefits, it's, you know, better health care, and, you know, it's better support for families, and, um, and I hope that workers will see this act as an opportunity to come together and really, you know, make their lives better after so many years of unions just taking a beating, uh, you know, every year, it seemed like. And the, you know, of course, the one of the worst last things was uh, during the last presidential administration uh, telling um, the meatpacking industry that you know, you know, nobody has to oversee your your system; <laughs> you can just do that yourself. And um, you know, I frankly stopped eating pork at that point. <laughs> I right. the notion that no longer would anybody be overseeing any you know meat processing. Um, uh, that was independent of a paycheck from the person who wanted to keep the line going uh, really was kind of one of the things that threw me over. But again, this is something that unions can address these kinds of safety issues in the workplace. Um, and even, you know, in Indiana for two years, we tried to pass a pregnancy accommodation bill that would allow pregnant women in employment to, you know, get maybe a five minute more break, you know, or to, you know, have more chances to go to the restroom. Um, and we couldn't get that passed in Indiana. All we passed was a, a ridiculous bill that says you can ask your employer, but they don't have to respond. So and, and Deborah, you know, this is another uh, thing. That, a proud know, moment for us last week in the House of Representatives, we passed that bill. 
we passed a uh, that act last week on Thursday or Friday. <sighs> yes. Well, but, you know, and, 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 and you're right. I don't want to uh, say that that's the answer that we passed it. We have to pass the Senate. We have to have uh, the president sign it. But we are moving in that direction. Right. So, yeah, I think people are, have just gotten so kind of beaten down that they really forgot that, you know, workers can come together and, you know, demand better play, better, better pay, better benefits, better lives. So, all right, great. So um, uh, we're, uh, we're almost out of time, but I just want to, you know, ask any, um, you know, wonderful words of wisdom you'd like to leave us with. Well, the words of wisdom, uh, one, I want to thank you for being engaged and uh, having the insight to understand that this is an extremely important issue. Uh, for our, our region, for Northwest Indiana, the state of Indiana, and also the United States of America. Making sure that men and women who are working every single day have the right to organize, have the right to make a fair wage, um, as you mentioned, have the ability to uh, break through into the middle class by having creating an opportunity through, this, through the PRO Act, which protects unionization and allows, opens the door for a fair election in a union. Um, that is extremely important to us here uh, at, as a member of Congress and my staff. I'm on the Education and Labor Committee. And so we're working hard every single day on, on committee and on bills that will enhance and, and protect unions and protect our manufacturing base and our domestic steel uh, industries. And that being said, you're absolutely right. It, it has to do with the uh, service unions. It has to do with the teachers unions. It has to do with the electrical unions. It has to do with the steel workers, um, the BPMical workers, the iron workers, the construction trades, the bricklayers, uh, the teachers, all of those individuals who have been chipped away uh, and the unionization has been chipped away from, uh, we have to stand up and we have to stand up for workers to close that equity gap and to make sure people have a fair opportunity to make a living, provide for their children and um, have a good quality of life. And so it is a moment in time uh, that is recognizable that we have to act and we have to turn, uh, make sure that we produce deliverables that enhance and empower uh, the middle class and our union member brothers and sisters to have the most advantage that they possibly can to have a safe workforce, to have a safe work environment, to be able to collectively bargain and to be able to receive a pension at the end of the day that they were promised. That's terrific. All right. I, I so again, I so appreciate your coming on with me and talking about this. Uh, you know, I know it's important. You know, it's important. Uh, so we really do have an obligation to try to educate um, everybody. And, and, and Deborah, if anyone has any questions, they can contact our office at 219-795-1844, or you can go uh, online for Mervan, uh, Congressman Mervan. Uh, you can email us any questions. Uh, we want to be accessible. And I look forward to doing this again as we progress and as new legislation. Uh, I hope very soon uh, in the next couple of months, you and I could be talking about the American Jobs Plan that will be putting those men and women to work so that they can make a good wage and we're reinvesting in ourselves. So those are things that I believe are important to uh, the first congressional district. And that is what I'm working on every single day. That's excellent. Well, exciting times. Um, you know, someone could just, you know, get the Senate to, uh, you know, work as hard as you guys do. That Everyone nice. can. All, all we have to do is make phone calls and emails. Okay, good, good to know. All right. Thanks again, uh, Representative Mervan. Ho again, hopefully Thank we'll you. see you again soon. Greatly appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity, Deborah.